This podcast is now brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And it's everything you need to make a podcast great in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Breaking the Barrier. This is episode two. My name is Andrew Lorenzo. For the next two years, I have committed myself to pushing my body and mind to their limits in my attempt to run a two-hour and 40-minute marathon. For my first marathon in October of 2018, I ran just under four and a half hours. So I'll be looking to shave almost two hours off of that time. I certainly have my work cut out for me. With the help of running coaches and fitness experts, I will push myself harder than I ever have in hopes of breaking the barrier. Hi everyone and welcome to Breaking the Barrier. Thanks for listening. I'm Andrew Lorenzo and today what I'm going to be talking about are the things that I learned when I trained for the marathon, specifically five things I learned while training for a marathon. So the reason that I want to talk about these is because these things that I learned are actually translatable to everyday life. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how the things that I learned helped make me deal with things in life a little bit better. So we'll get started right away here. So the first thing that I learned with marathon training, number one, looking too far ahead in the plan can be intimidating. So what does that mean? So when I undertook this marathon training, I used an app. And what that app was, was a specific structured plan. It wasn't tailored to me. It was just a specific structured plan to train for a marathon. So this particular one was a 12-week plan with 33 runs scheduled over the course of those 12 weeks. So that works out to about three or four runs per week on average. When I first started looking at this plan, I, I, I was you know still a new runner. I still am a, a new runner. As I've said, I've always run in my life since I was about 13 or 14 years old, but most of those were you know, interval training workouts on a treadmill, so never long distance running. So training for a marathon and running outside and not on a treadmill is still something that's relatively new to me and was very new to me at the time. So I looked at these runs and I looked at day one and it was like a four mile tempo run, which a tempo run was described in the app as, now let me back up, tempo runs, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding of what a tempo run is. I'm still trying to find out exactly what a tempo run is, to be perfectly honest with you, because I hear a lot of different things. So in this particular app, a tempo run was a run that was comfortably hard. It was it was described as comfortably hard. So you couldn't quite have a conversation. You were pushing yourself just a bit, possibly above your race pace, and probably couldn't keep that tempo up for more than 45 minutes to an hour. 
So that's, that's, that's what the tempo run was according to that particular app. So that was a four mile run. So I looked at that and I said, okay, I could, I could do that. For me, that worked out to about, I think at the time, and actually, funnily enough, I used the treadmill to do that first workout. And I did that in about 36 minutes on a treadmill. So I, I don't know how really accurate that was, but so there you go. My first marathon training run was actually on a treadmill. Anyway, so I looked at that and I said, okay, yeah, fine, it's fine. But then I looked ahead. I looked about, I think, four, three or four weeks ahead, maybe five weeks ahead, and I saw that there was a 10-mile run. And it intimidated me. It scared the heck out of me because I've never run that far. I mean, the most I'd ever run was eight miles. And I think I'd done that at that point in my life like twice on a treadmill using intervals. So not even steady state training. And so I looked at that and I was, I was a little bit freaked out. So the point is, looking too far ahead, it's, it's good to have future goals, it's good to have future plans, but if you look too far ahead without having all the facts, it, it might not be a great thing. It can actually detract from what you're trying to do, and it can scare you off from doing what you want to do. So in particular with running, you have to be able to trust that your body will start to acclimate to the distance that you're going. And by the time that you get to a distance like that, it's it's okay. It might be challenging, but you'll be able to get through it and it's okay. But you don't want to focus too much on that stuff in the beginning because you're not there yet. And it's going to scare you to think too much or too hard on that. And I think a lot of the times when people give up is because, and not, I'm not just talking about marathon training or running, I'm talking about life. A lot of the times when people give up, it's because they think it's going to be too hard. I'm not saying that that's always the reason that people give up, but I'm, I'm saying that that's a lot of the reasons why I would give up, is because I would look ahead and think, nah, that's too hard. There's no way. I'm not going to be able to get there and do that. So the point is, don't look too far ahead and get intimidated. If you're going to look ahead, do it with an open mind. But within your life, there are things that haven't even happened yet. And worrying about them now is not going to do you much good. I'm not saying that you shouldn't think about the future or think about things that are going to happen. But don't stress so much that it, it stops you from, from moving forward. Because it's, it's useless. So just you need to learn how to focus on what's happening now and just be mindful of what's going on and and really settle into what's happening around you so that you can focus and that you can give everything that you have to what's going on around you and, and what's the task at hand. Because if you focus too much on something that hasn't happened yet, you're not going to be able to, to focus on what you're doing and you're not going to be able to give your best effort. Lesson number two, not all runs will be your best. So what does that mean? Well, in running, we have PBs and PRs. Now, they're basically the same thing, personal bests, PB, personal record, PR, same thing. So what does that mean? So we'll use a 5K race, 5-kilometer race, 3.1 miles. You go out, and the first, first time you run it, you run it in 30 minutes. 
and the second time you run it, you run it in 31 minutes, and you're, you're always hovering around that time, 30, 31 minutes, whatever. Now, eventually, you get to a point where you run it in 29 minutes. That's now your new PR. That's your new personal record. So that's not going to happen on every run. It's not realistic. For me, when I would go out on a run and I would do something that I had not done before, for example, I, I ran my 5K PR last week at 22 minutes and 30 seconds. For me, that was amazing. I had not ever run it that fast. To expect myself to go out the next day or even the next week and run something better than that is not... It, it's a nice goal to shoot for, but if it doesn't happen, it's nothing to get discouraged about. PRs are PRs because they don't happen all the time. They're personal records. If personal records happened all the time, they wouldn't be special. It'd be cool, <laughs> but they wouldn't be special. So, and then that's the th same thing with going out on a run. You might go out on a run, a long, a long run one week, and it feels great. You might go out the next week and have that same long run, and it just doesn't feel so good. It's just, it's like you're heavy and your breathing's all over the place, and you just can't get through it without feeling a little bit of pain, maybe even feeling sorry for yourself. But that doesn't, that doesn't define who you are. Those poor runs don't define who you are. What defines who you are is actually just being out there doing the run when you know it's not going to be a great run. That's your, that defines you. That makes you a stronger person. And that's what's ultimately going to lead you to be the best version of yourself. So when we wake up in the morning, days aren't always going to go the way that we want them to go. We have all had those days where you wake up, you get out of bed, you stub your toe, you get in the shower and you get soap in your eyes, you burn your breakfast, you know, the coffee is horrific. And, and, and it just leads and snowballs into a horrible day. But those days don't define you, I hope. Those days are hopefully the exception. For the most part, I like to think that we, we, have, we have okay days. Maybe they're not always PRs. Maybe they're not always the best day. But just because I'm not having a PR doesn't mean that it's not a good run or if it's not a good day. If it's not my best day, it doesn't mean that it's not a good day. What defines me is that I, I have a day. I have a day. And the thing that I don't want to do is give up. I don't want to, because I know that this is going to be a bad day, just give up. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes on a run when you just know it's going to be bad, sometimes it's better off to, to leave it alone and just let your body rest. Sometimes when you're having a really bad day, sometimes it's okay to just take a day off and take some time to not do anything. But for, for the most part, you want to be able to, to get through the hard days and know that just because a day is bad doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. It, it isn't. It's just a chance for you to, to grow a little bit. And the same with the runs. So not all runs will be your best. So the third thing that I learned was that some people just won't understand why you're doing it. Those of us, those of you who have run a marathon or any kind of endurance sport like Spartan races, Tough Mudders, even like Running Man kind of stuff, there are a lot of times when people will just be like, why are you doing this? That's crazy. 
what are you trying to prove? When people ask you things like that, I don't think that they're trying to be discouraging. I don't think they're trying to be mean. I think that they just don't get it. And that's their way of expressing that they don't get it. I was very lucky enough to have people that supported me. So my mom has run a marathon. As soon as she heard that I was running the marathon, she was like, yep, I'm flying down to Australia and I'm going to be there at the finish line waiting for you. That was cool. Uh, it was amazing. It was amazing crossing the finish line and seeing my mom there. It was, um, it was very, it was very, it was nice to have somebody there and to see how happy she was that I, that I had done it. My, my dad, unfortunately, he couldn't make it because he has, he has a business to run. But even, even still, he made sure that he called me and messaged me. He was tracking me while I was running it. And, and he was very supportive and very happy that I ran. Same with my brother. He, he's a marathon runner and he was tracking me. And as soon as I crossed the finish line, he was, he was like, he was excited. And and same with my other family. They they all congratulated me and all this and that and everything. And you know, my best friend in the world, my 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 partner in crime, Ashley. She was always always supportive of me, even though she's not a runner. She 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 really always supported what I was doing, and she really supports this breaking the barrier, which is amazing. But there were also people that just didn't get it, and they would be like, I. You know, I, I, a lot of the times I get, oh, yeah, I couldn't do that. I think that that's nuts. I, I don't know why you'd want to do that. I mean, I don't even like to walk. <laughs> that, that, that was most of the times people would say. And that's, that's them. You know, you can't let that get you down. There's always going to be people that will not quite understand you. And you can't let that change who you are. You don't, the last thing you want to do is conform to what you think that other people think you should be, right? So I'm an actor. I have people in my ear all the time telling me that, you know, the, the odds of me becoming a working actor are a billion to one. Well, that's their opinion, but I don't, I, I can't let that. I can't let that deter me from what I want to do. And you shouldn't let things like that deter you from what you want to do. Because you're gonna you're always gonna run into people that are gonna not understand why you're on the journey that you're on, or judge the journey that you're on, or downright tell you that the journey you're on is not the right one. But you need to be true to yourself and you need to understand, you need to understand why it is that you're doing what you're doing. And Know that if if it makes you happy, if something makes you happy, if if that passion is what you want to go after, then you shouldn't you shouldn't worry about what anybody else is saying. It's 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 your passion, so you go after it in any way that you want to go after it. The fourth thing that I learned was about planning: have a plan for race day, but be prepared for things to come up or to go wrong. So for me, so for marathon race day, for those, again, for those of you who have run a marathon, you know that you need to have the items that you've practiced with on your long runs, and that's, that's clothing, nutrition, anything that you can think of. So for me, having my plan was to make sure that I had the food that I normally eat the night before, 
and the food that I eat the morning of, my clothing that I'm going to be running in, my gear, and my headphones. I like to run with headphones because I, I need to listen. For the most part, I need to listen to something when I'm, I'm running. If you're going to run in headphones, I do recommend, though, especially if you're running a race like the marathon, make sure that you have one ear that it does not have a headphone in or have your music or podcast or whatever you're listening to low enough so that you can hear what's going on around you. So anyway, the night before the race, what I normally have is sweet potato noodles and some uh, homemade bolognese. Now, I had the sweet potato noodles. I had the bolognese. I, where I was, didn't actually have access to a kitchen. <laughs> so I couldn't heat anything up. Everything was pre-made, but I couldn't heat it up. So what I did was I, I did have a kettle. So I just put everything into a Ziploc bag and I put it into some boiling water for like 10 minutes. And that's how I cooked my dinner. So that was, that was, that was things come up part one. <laughs> you know, I had to just change that a little bit. And that wasn't a big deal. Second thing that came up, morning of race day, everything went fine, got over to the starting point, and I realized that I didn't have my headphones. I, I wanted my headphones. I didn't want to go into this 26.2 miles with something that was that different. Now, for me, running with music versus not running with music for, you know, four hours, that, that's a big deal to me. It might not be for you, but I had, I had to get my headphones. So things that come up part two I, I ran back and I got my headphones. Not a big deal. Easy enough. Ten minutes to get to where I was. Thankfully, I was staying really close to the starting line. And I was back back in time to start. And I used it as a good warm-up. The third thing that came up was something that I could not change and something that I was not used to at all was the weather. So normally when I did my training runs, I was it was... 1 to 10, I'm oh, sorry, 1 to 5 degrees Celsius, which is about 30 to, I think, 45 or 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's fairly cool. That day of the marathon was the warmest day that we had had in Melbourne so far. And by 9 o'clock, the race started at 7. By 9 o'clock, it was about 25 degrees, which is like 80 or 85 degrees. So 25 degrees Celsius, 80 or 85 degrees Fahrenheit. Much, much warmer. So I couldn't change that. That's not something that I could run back and change. I couldn't crank up the AC, right? So the way that I had to deal with that was, you know, I had my water with me. I had my sports gels with me. But I just, I had to drink more water at the aid station. So I probably ended up drinking triple the amount of water over the course of the marathon than I normally would over a long run. At mile 15 or around kilometer 24, I started to cramp up because of the heat, so I started eating half bananas at every eight stops. So every two miles, I'd have a half banana. Now, that was the best that I could do. I don't know how much that affected my race time, but I do know that I, I, was, I was struggling in the later half of that race because it was so much hotter than I was used to. But the point is, there are going to be things that come up that you can change, and there are going to be things that come up that you cannot change. So the things that you can change, if you want to change them, and it will make it better for you to change them, great. Rearrange your day if you can, and, and figure out a way to make things work for you. But the things that can't change, the things that you can't change, those are the things that you have to worry about when they come up. 
And I don't mean worry about like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I mean, how do I acclimate to that? But there's always a way. There's always going to be a way that you can get around things that you can't change. Because let's be honest, most, most of the time when things come up, now I'm not talking about you know, family emergencies or family tragedies. I'm talking about everyday life here. Most of the times when things come up, it's not the end of the world. Even if you can't change them, you're going to have to work through it and you're going to have to figure out a way to keep yourself going. And there always is a way. And it's possible and it's okay to change. It's okay to change your plan to accommodate the things that have come up. In terms of family tragedy and family emergencies, we've all had those. We all have those. We may be struggling with them. But it's and it's never it's never fun when something like that comes up in the family, but you have the option to to rearrange what you need to rearrange to try to make it as better for you and for for your family as you can. Because you never just want to give up just because your plans change. Because that's the worst thing you can do. You don't want to give up. And that, and that leads into the, the fifth and final thing that I learned in the marathon. That it's up to you to finish the race. In the marathon, 26.2 miles or 42.195 kilometers. Once you get to mile 20 or about kilometer 32, that's when the race starts. That's when it gets hard. I mean, it's hard, but that's when it gets hard. And I think there are a couple reasons for that. Because a lot of the times, training runs, you you run 20 miles in your training runs. Most training plans, i found, don't go above that. So once you go past that, it's like your body's going into unknown territory. So it gets to be a little bit harder than it normally is. Because you're just not used to it. And there's there's this thing in your mind that's saying, we've never run this far time to stop, stop, stop. But you can't let that happen. You've got to push it to the limit, right? You've got to just, you've got to go, whatever it takes to complete that last 6.2 miles or the last 10 kilometers, you do it. Whether it's running much slower, whether it's walking, whether it's crawling, if it's within your power, you do it. Now I'm not talking about extreme cases where someone passes out or collapses. We've all seen that on race day. That might have even happened to one of you on race day. That is a situation where medical attention is needed. If you can or if someone else can for you, get help. But I'm talking about if, if, you're, if you're still on your feet and there's nothing extremely wrong with you except for you, you know, you're just really physically and 